0: Coding boot camps are designed to help students gain the skills they need to land their first job or their next job in web development without the immediate need of a four-year college degree. Today, we will be diving into some of the benefits and drawbacks of coding boot camps, and we'll dive a little more into detail about our personal experiences, learning from them, as well as teaching at coding boot camps. And who knows, maybe you'll get to learn a little bit more about my journey into tech and how I am here today. Let's dive into it. Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Sydney. I'm Allie. And I'm Emma, and we're debugging the tech industry. Are you developing an
2: application with GraphQL but don't know where to start? Or maybe you're building a GraphQL backend and you're overwhelmed with boilerplate code and performance problems. Save yourself time and effort and check out the Grand Stack. The Grand Stack consists of four technologies that capture the best of modern web application development GraphQL, React, Apollo, and Neo4j database, the most widely used graph database. Together, they enable developers to build complex data-intensive applications at scale with graphs all the way down by leveraging GraphQL. To get started with GRANDstack, use the latest version of the Create GRANDstack App CLI and download the free Manning ebook, Full Stack GraphQL Applications at GRANDstack.io. Vonage is a cloud communications platform that allows developers to integrate voice video, and messaging into their applications using their communication APIs. Whether you're wanting to build video calls into your app, create a Facebook bot, or build applications on top of programmable phone numbers, you'll have all the tools you need. Use promo code LADYBUG for 10 euro of free credit when signing up at bondage.dev ladybug. Again, that's promo code LADYBUG for 10 euro of free credit. All right. How is everybody today? Welcome back to the Ladybug podcast. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm a little bit tired to this so i'm either going to be really obnoxious or i'm going to be um lethargic so hopefully it's the first one go Definitely for it agree with that go, for it. So go exhausted. for it
0: it's it's been a long day it's hard it's mondays guys but it's fine but boot camps is what we're going to be talking about today this is an incredible subject that's near and dear to my heart, and I'm sure that it is to you guys. And yeah, let's kind of dive into it. So I have actually only listened to like a little bit of the first like ever episode of the podcast, I'll be honest. So I actually don't know everybody's like complete story of what like their experiences for boot camps. So how about you go first, Allie? I'm super like, I'm being nosy. I really to yeah. nosy about so this.
3: so I did not go to a boot camp myself. I kind of came before boot camps Existed to an extent, or at least were a big deal. Um, but my first job when I was a software engineer, they or we hired a ton of boot camp grads from this boot camp called General Assembly that was in Washington, DC, where I lived at the time. And from there, We ended up making really good friends with some of the instructors at that boot camp. And then they had me come in and guest lecture for them, which led to a three-year career leading instruction for their software engineering program. So I started off as just an instructor on campus, and then I moved around a little bit. So I Worked on their enterprise team for a little bit, which I think people may not realize exists, but I taught internal boot camps at companies. So they had these programs where maybe they were trying to support longtime employees who were in non technical roles with the ability to become software engineers. And so they'd run a general assembly boot camp instance focusing on the technologies that they use in their day-to-day work and they would host those internally. So those were really, really cool. And I ended up doing that for a while. And then from there, I transitioned back into doing campus with normal, you know, like students that weren't from a company, just, you know, (laughs) what you'd probably think of when it comes to a bootcamp. At that point, I was in more of a leadership role. So I was, um, Kind of in charge of the the program. And so I had to do a lot with curriculum and mentoring other instructors and working with different students across programs. so it it was really awesome. I've taught so much at this point. I have had multiple hundreds of students, and built out a lot of curriculum. And I know a lot about the boot camp industry now as well. So mm-hmm. I definitely have kind of a balanced perspective where I did not go through a boot camp myself and definitely see the pros and the cons of it and I'm removed from right. teaching now. So I can be a little bit more honest as well. But that's kind of my experience with boot camps.
0: I would love to hear more about like what you think about building curriculums when it comes to boot camps. But before we do that, I want to take a jab at Emma and see like what exactly your experience is when it comes to boot camps. I know that you have a CS degree, but is there anything in particular that you've had when it comes to experience for coding boot camps?
2: I have no experience with coding boot camps. (laughs) <laughs> there <laughs> so it is. There it is, <laughs> <laughs> there it is guys. <laughs> but we'll talk a little bit later in this episode about like coding boot camps versus computer science degrees and um the nuances of both. Uh so that should be an interesting take. What about you, Sydney? What is your experience with boot camps? You've got some experience.
0: I have a bunch of experience, actually. So um wow, let's kind of begin at the beginning. And I'll make this the short and simple for of you guys. Sydney. But if you Right. (laughs) But if you guys want to hear the longer version of it, shameless plug, I already have a YouTube video out there about my experience with coding bootcamp. So I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes for you guys. So long story short, I had went to my first actual coding bootcamp. I believe that was in 2017. I might get the dates wrong, guys. My bad. I'm an old person. So I had went to a nonprofit organization called LaunchCode, and that is here based in Missouri. I know that they have a couple of places um, in Kansas City, as well as Florida, where they have offices. And they are a nonprofit organization that helps adults. They uh, figure out how to teach them how to code and then help them also get jobs in the tech industry. And so their, uh, what is it? They're Their premise is to make sure that people that want tech careers as well as like non-coding tech careers get the jobs that they want and they have an extensive curriculum like I've been uh, teaching with them actually uh, over what is it 2018 to to currently and they just have an extensive curriculum I've loved working with them I uh, can definitely see the benefits of how they can grow themselves in the future but I had originally started with an all women's coding bootcamp with them called Coder Girl. And I had liked the environment that I was in, but I will tell you guys right now, like I was 22. I was a hot fucking mess then. It was after I had graduated and I just didn't know what I really wanted to do with my life. So continuing on forward, I was like, man, like coding is for geeks. Like, I don't know like how this is going to be going. So sorry. That was my opinion at the time. But after a while, I had realized that like I had still liked kind of the intricacies of being creative as well as being analytical. I originally went to school for becoming a doctor. I was going to be majored in chemistry and decided I didn't want to do that anymore. So I still have that analytical side that I still wanted to kind of like dig into. And I decided to go to another boot camp. That was in 2018 after I had basically rage quit my job after I just had like a horrible experience as an assistant. And I had just went for it. I had went to a boot camp called Savvy Coders. That was an incredible, incredible experience. That was for about 10 weeks where it was extensive when it comes to JavaScript development and front-end development. I had decided to learn a little bit more when it comes to the back-end for JavaScript server side with Node. I had also started learning the fundamentals of Java and C Sharp. Am I great at them? Can't say for sure, but... I had finally found a job after I had graduated from Savvy Coders. Uh, That was about maybe three months later. So here we are today. That is my experience so far with coding boot camps. And yeah, I think that there are a couple of benefits and a couple of drawbacks when it comes to boot camps. The benefit, I believe, the biggest one is depending on which ones that you go to, the cost ratio between a coding boot camp versus like a four-year computer science degree. I'm not going to lie, guys. I was incredibly privileged to have scholarships for both of my boot camps to go to. I don't know what your opinions about um, the cost kind of benefits or any other benefits for boot camps. What about you guys?
2: Well, I think like, let's quickly pause and let's discuss what boot camps are. Cause we actually haven't even talked about this yet. Um, We haven't. So what do they look like time-wise and curriculum-wise is the big first thing.
3: Yeah. So this is super dependent on the program. There are ones that are Ten weeks long and part time, but those are usually for non career changers. Those are usually for people who are looking to add an additional skill onto their resume. So I've taught them on like boot on um, Python and data science and things like that. So people who are like already doing business analysis or something like that and they just want another skill set. So usually those part time ones that are short term aren't going to get you a brand new career. They're mostly just going to give you a new skill. Um, Absolutely. But the full time ones, the ones that Career changers more take would be usually around 12 weeks long or more. There are some that are six months or even a year long, though I would say that. Yeah, the, I went through a six-month one. Okay. I would say that the shorter ones are usually more common, Um usually they are full-time. You're expected to sit in class for most of the day, though you're doing labs and assignments through that, so it's not like you're just listening to a person talk at you for most of the day, at least the, the ones that I have seen. And then after that time, you are expected to do homework for the most part. So it is a very intensive pro- process. It's not something where you are just putting a couple hours in here or there, or that, I, I hear this a lot, unfortunately, that you are just like paying a certain amount of money and then you're going to get a job in tech. And that's not the way that it is at all. You're going to get into out of it what you put into it.
0: Absolutely. I, I know that That was something I think that the first time I went through a coding bootcamp, that was really hard for me to process Um, as a person that was like, right now, I have the privilege to not necessarily pay for it. So I was going to do as much as I could for what I was interested in. And then I know that depending on like what struggles that I was going through, again, I was young, I was dumb. I was trying to figure out like how to not like disengage when I felt like I uh, was very uncomfortable with like working with other students or like asking uh, stupid quote unquote questions uh, to my instructor so it's really important that everybody have a sense of what exactly they want to get when it comes to value out of investing in a coding boot camp because there there's a ton of benefits that you can get from it but, if you're paying for it, it, it's going to be hard to get the
3: benefits out of it if you are not putting in the work for it. Awesome. And then curriculum-wise, let's talk about that, too. So this is going to look yes. very different depending on the boot camp that you decide on. And there are usually two categories that I've seen. There's the web development boot camps, and, which are often called software engineering boot camps, but they kind of fit under the same Category, and then there's data science boot camps, which I think are more rare, but that's another category that some people do as well. Data science ones are going to teach you Python and math for the most part. Um, And then the web development ones, which I think both of us can probably speak to a little bit better, or all three of us can probably speak to a little bit better, because that's more of our specialization. They're most likely going to teach you the web fundamentals, so HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And then probably a back end language or multiple back end languages as well. So, uh, the bootcamp that I taught for, we would teach React as a front end framework and then we would also teach Node and Express for the back end with MongoDB. And then we would teach either Python or Ruby or Python and Django or Ruby on Rails and Postgres as a second backend. And the main purpose of that was that so that people got exposed to a secondary programming language um, more so than actually really investing super deep there. Um, but this looks very different from bootcamp to bootcamp.
0: And I think that because you want to have that well-rounded experience uh, with a front-end language as well as a back-end language, that helps people decide whether or not they want to invest more time in looking into potentially what they like more as a front-end language or if they would rather do server-side development. And that just gives you so much more just time to kind of invest and think about like what you like to experiment with as a developer so you can choose whether or not you want to go either way or try and converge on being a full stack developer potentially so that's what uh it was about the same uh, kind of curriculum that you were having Allie. um i know that our what is a boot camp curriculum was teaching angular as well as JavaScript fundamentals. Um, And then some of the other courses that I have known and have taught had done a lot with Python, C Sharp, as well as Java. And depending on what type of road that you wanted to go to, you would start doing data science. You would start going into learning how to write scripts for SQL, or you would try to uh, collaborate with a user experience designer to make a project that was either for the front end or you would do something uh, for a web app uh, with the team for the
3: back end. Cool. Yeah, I think it depends, especially on location too, because different parts of the mm. country really do focus on, or do have different demand for different technologies. Like, from Absolutely. what I've experienced, like the middle of the country where both of us live in the Midwest right now, maybe some of the technologies yeah. are less like cutting edge than they are in San Francisco or whatever. So that's... They're 10 years behind, guys. <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fight
0: me. Like, I am so serious about that. Like, we're stuck a lot in Java and Angular. And not that that's a bad thing at all, guys. Not trying to rag, but... um it, it definitely isn't as cutting edge. So take the time to figure out like what
3: you want to look at and invest in more when it comes to coding. Yeah. Boot camps. Back a few year, years ago, I know a lot of boot camps allowed you to choose between a, like a back-end specialization and a front-end specialization. It seems like most have actually moved away from that and everybody just learns full stack. And I think that makes sense because you're so new to this <laughs> that maybe choosing yeah. a specialization at that point is a little difficult. Um, but I think that that is interesting that that used to be a thing that you like chose whether you wanted to do a free at-end boot camp or a back-end boot camp, and that seems to be less prevalent now. And I want to come back to this when we're talking about pros and cons, but I also, before that, want to introduce payment structures as well. So we've talked a little bit about scholarships and pro bono boot camps, so ones that don't charge anybody. Maybe they charge the person that hires you a fee or they have different models for that. So there are free boot camps out there, especially for those who are part of underrepresented groups in tech. Um, But then... Most people are going to have to pay for their boot camp. Um, the ones that are scholarship only are relatively rare, and usually you have to apply really hard for those. But payment models, there are ones that you can do upfront payment, which it's pretty expensive. So that's probably pretty tough. But they also have payment plans And then the other big payment model is ISAs, and ISAs will make it so that you pay back a certain percent of your salary once you get a job, and it's usually capped at a certain amount, and you have to make a certain amount of money for them to start taking that money from your income. and. There's a lot of... Oh, I didn't realize that you had to, like, make a certain money for some places. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah, Fun fact, I think I a
3: lot that. of them are, like, $50,000. Like, you have to make $50,000 for them to charge you. If you make less than $50,000, then you won't be charged. But if at any point in the payment terms, it's usually, like, three years or something like that. If you start making more than $50,000 in that three years, you'll start getting charged. Making it so that your boot camp actually does need to teach you and you only have to pay for it if you do get a job. That being said, a lot of the terms of these are predatory and they can end up costing you a lot more than just paying it in a normal payment plan would have costed Um And a lot of them, they're high percentages, like 17% of your salary for three years or something along those lines. So if you are going that model, I would be really, really cautious about it to talk to somebody who really knows this, not who's trying to sell you something, somebody who is versed in ISAs and can give you really good advice there. I'm definitely not a financial expert. This is not what I'm at all specialized in, but I just want to put that warning on there that oftentimes... I would be cautious about this ISA model. But I do think that they have some benefits as well.
2: I also, I think an important quick note is like, I've heard stories of um, like offering boot campers free labor in exchange for a potential hire. Like, I don't, I don't personally agree with that. I think if you're doing work for a company and they're using that work in production, like, you should be compensated for that. Like, free labor to potentially maybe or maybe not get a job, in my opinion, is not a good payment. Like, that's, I don't know. That also seemed a little bit predatory to me. Yeah.
0: No, that's 100% predatory, point blank, period. So 100%. It just be careful with the research that you guys are doing. It's incredibly important that you invest in your education. But do the math crunch the numbers, make sure that it is an investment that also you are going to have equal value of risk as well as the bootcamp themselves. Because if they're going to talk big and guarantee that you are going to get a job within a certain amount of time, that that's that's a very bold statement because everybody's experience is going to be different. My experience is different from how Ali had went up, how Emma has gone up. So understand, guys, that We just want to make sure that you are being as careful as possible when it comes to finding out the cost benefits and how much needs to come out of your pocket.
3: These boot camps are not all the same. Either put a ton of research into the school that you are choosing because every single one of them is going to have a different curriculum, is going to have a different amount of time that it takes. It's going to have a different reputation in the industry, is going to have different instructional quality. So make sure that you do as much research as you possibly can into this. And also think about your learning style and your ability to focus in certain environments. So right now, most boot camps are going to have to be remote. Think about really, really honestly about whether learning in a remote environment is going to be the best fit for you because it's not the best for everybody. And that's oftentimes the reason why people do boot camps in the first place is so that they're in a classroom and right now nobody's in a classroom, so. I think that that's a reality of, of this right now, but it's something to really think about if, if now is like the right time uh, based off of that learning remote. Um, and also something that I always recommend to people thinking about doing boot camps is teach yourself first. And there's so many reasons for this. The first is that make sure that you actually like coding first. This isn't just like a get rich Absolutely. quick scheme by any means. This is like, it's a career and you're going to have to spend your life or eight hours a day of your life coding if this becomes your career. Make sure it's not something that you hate before you invest $15,000 in learning to code, right? So that's one reason to teach yourself first. The second piece of this is that the first week of the boot camp, it doesn't like ramp up slowly. You are learning day one about coding. And if you can make it so that that first week is review for you. If those are things that you've already taught yourself, then you can focus on getting comfortable being in the classroom. You can get comfortable with the learning style of your instructor. You can get comfortable with doing homework again and sitting there for eight hours just just learning. And you can focus on the more advanced material rather than the fundamentals. And so that is a huge asset to yourself if you just put in the time ahead of time to try to teach yourself. Because on the job, you're going to be teaching yourself anyway. So that's one of the most important skills that you'll have.
2: Definitely. I think... Let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors for this season, but when we come back, I think we definitely need to discuss more about the benefits and drawbacks of bootcamps, as well as
1: comparing boot camps to CS degrees. Building full-stack applications can sometimes be overwhelming with so many different technologies to think about. Live streams are a great way to see how the pieces fit together by joining other developers as they build applications from scratch. The Neo4j livestream features developers building applications with technologies like GraphQL, React, Vue, Graph Algorithms, Gatsby, Next.js, Golang, TypeScript, data visualization, and much more. You'll see how a graph database fits into modern development workflows and how other developers tackle problems like authorization, cloud deployments, data import, and analytics, covering how to use the technologies needed to build and deploy full-stack applications. Follow Neo4j on Twitch or YouTube to join the regular Neo4j live streams focused on building full stack applications and graph data science.
0: All right, we are back. So before we get into the benefits and drawbacks of boot camps, I'm really curious. I want to be nosy. What are you guys' learning styles like? What do you think that it is?
2: I'm an. <laughs> I stole this from Allie, but like I'm an I do, we do, you do. <laughs> aficionado where, like, I need all methods of learning and I need all mediums Mm. of content. I need written. I need repetition. I need video. I need everything.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. We did an episode on learning tips for developers, something along those lines. And one of the big takeaways from that was that most people actually don't have one learning style. Most people learn best from multiple or a combination of ways to learn.
2: Actually, too, the way the the most effective way to learn is um, not by cramming. It's over a period of time, but by interspersing different learning techniques. So at first, it's going to feel like you're not learning. You're really frustrated. It's really difficult for you to context switch. But actually, this context switching actually encodes information deeper into your brain. So the longevity of that information is a is longer <laughs> um yeah i don't want to go too deep into the, how the brain encodes information because yeah to ali's point we have done episodes about this but uh yeah if it's if it's difficult for you keep at it and maybe at some point you'll wake up and it'll kind of just all make sense it's the same with learning foreign languages yes for sure i'm gonna make sense. link Ooh, that, that
3: sense. episode in our show notes too because that's a really Yay. great dive into learning styles
0: and I'm the same way, like I like visual, but I also need to have video because I take notes a certain way. So yeah, like that's, that's really incredible. I didn't realize that it's better to do like multiple ways, but I just, you know, I thought it was built different. I'm not. It's okay. <laughs> Benefits and drawbacks of bootcamps. Okay, we're coming back to this because my main point, I think that I believe when it comes to the benefits of bootcamps is that it can definitely be more affordable than a computer science degree. That depends on where you are going when it comes to the bootcamp, what cost point it is. I I truly believe that the payment uh, plans that are varied is it feels uh, much more secure when it comes to like really investing in what you want to do with your career instead of having to go four years to school. Again, not trying to dog out the CS degree, just, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been able to get through, like, another, like, four years of getting a
3: CS degree. What do you guys think? What are some other, like, benefits? There's a huge opportunity cost to that, too, right? Four years Mm. of getting paid versus four years paying to go to school, that's a big, that's a big change and can be, like, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars of time for people.
2: Yes, I agree. But that being said, like, I've heard this argument before from hiring committees that potentially boot camps are not necessarily as competitive as a computer science degree, or that in the past, this is the way it used to be, like, when I was getting hired. Um, Like, it was mandated to have a bachelor's degree. Um, but that being said, mm. I went through my degree and I had no practical information and I struggled in my first role. So I think that's a benefit of, of bootcamps is you're getting more practical experience. You're learning more practical yeah. um, languages, but also you're learning how they work together versus I learned a lot about data structures and algorithms and recursion and assembly language, which is great for interviewing. It's, it, and it's great on your resume, but it's not necessarily great once you do get into the job. Yeah. Um, and
3: and you know. I think it's also important to note that boot camps are aimed towards career changers. So most of them are not going to be aimed towards you know, 18-year-olds who are deciding between going to a boot camp and going to college, there are those people. I've had maybe three students out of my hundreds that have been in that situation. Most people who do boot camps are people who have had a career and are switching to a new career. So usually the age demographic is very different than most colleges. Like maybe a little bit of a different phase of life.
2: Yeah. Um, not that, that I sense. I haven't taken a boot camp program so this is all like Based on the practical information of how boot camps are run, it can potentially be more accessible for people who also work full time or care for family members like they have children to take care of or an elderly or sick family members. Um, that being said, apparently, like not apparently, there are also computer science degrees that you can take in your spare time at night, etc. So I guess that doesn't really hold true. Um, but it really all, again, depends on the program that you are going to, whether that's a, an all day, every day intensive I don't know, three-month program or if it's like a nightly, three hours a night kind of a thing. Um, so it can potentially be more accessible.
3: How
0: about some of the drawbacks, ladies? What are you thinking that are some things that are like not so great about boot camps? I think one of them specifically is that depending on the degree of intensity uh, with the specific timeline of graduating from a boot camp, that can be incredibly overwhelming, especially if... Let's say somebody has not had very much experience when it comes to a higher education, when it comes to the classroom, you know, you're having to sit down for multiple hours a day, potentially work with a lot of people, including maybe like lab partners or just a group of students or your TA or your professor. That can be an incredibly just daunting experience to the senses. Like, I, I, I know that that was one of the things that I had to get used to over the first couple of weeks of my first boot camp. What about you guys? Oh, it's
3: a huge sprint, and working at one, it was so exhausting because it's always this cycle of yeah. like restarting and having to deal with just the the really intense nature of it at, at nauseum. But I think that this is also boot camp's biggest strength and biggest weakness is the shorter length. And so it's the biggest strength because you don't have to spend four years in it or two years or anything like that. It's like three months instead. So I think that that's a huge benefit for people who are trying to switch quickly and especially people with families or whose income is what is needed for their family or for them independently. So There's that. But on the other hand, that makes it so that you can't teach everything. And it's a short amount of time to be cramming a ton of information at people. And so its biggest strength is also its biggest weakness in a lot of ways, I think. Um, And you can't go super deep on every topic either. And unfortunately, as an instructor, you have to teach towards the middle of the class. And so if people are getting left behind that can tend to have a kind of snowball effect where then the next information doesn't click and then the next information doesn't click. And it's it's pretty challenging. And so I, I think the amount of information, the timeline is a big drawback as well as potentially the depth of knowledge would be a little bit or a lot more shallow than going to computer science program for four years.
0: That was a really great word to describe it uh, because when i when I think about how I've been treated when it comes to getting a I, I am degreed. I have a bachelor's degree, but I don't have a computer science degree. and I think that in some of my interviews, that was the deciding factor on whether or not I was going to get that job, which I think is a little unfair. but, you you just have to understand that in some circumstances, people are really trying to make sure that they are getting their lives together with another career, like in the now. And depending on where they are when it comes to their financial situations and things, like it, it's going to be tough to have that timeline where it's you you have to make a decision on whether or not it is going to be good to invest in a computer science degree. And sometimes that is not. That is not the best decision for people. So
2: I think that's completely unfair if you specifically did not get a job because you did not have a computer science. Like, isn't that technically discrimination? Like they're discriminating. I for- think so, but I'm not about to name any names. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But I'm just saying, like, your feelings are valid, and I want you to like oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I want everyone listening to understand that. Um, because to be honest, uh, the biggest drawback that I see is that they don't necessarily teach data structures and algorithms in boot camps mm. and let's be real I've talked about this a lot the technical interview process is broken we have three episodes on the technical interview process two of which are about um like the front-end interview and uh the like data structures and algorithms they don't teach you these things in boot camps as far as I know um which is great that you learn more practical information but the interview process heavily used to and still kind of does require a lot of these skills. So in some aspect, having a computer science degree can give you a leg up.
3: Yeah, to be fair, my boot camp did teach data structures and algorithms, not two years of data structures and algorithms, but morning lessons a couple times a week on data structures and algorithms. So it's going to change from boot camp to boot camp. But I also want to just say we're, like, comparing computer science degrees to boot camps a lot here. I wouldn't say that they are the best comparison. I think the best comparison is a boot camp versus self-teaching, to be honest. I think that— Yeah, I agree. Those are the— Well— Right. We have to talk about computer science degrees. Yeah, For sure. But I think for the most part, it's almost like a different demographic that they are— targeting again.
2: Um, yeah. It's not a one-to-one comparison. That's the thing. I think we have to compare them in a sense because that is the the gateway key, whatever, to landing a job interview, right? Like you either need a degree or a boot camp or you need to prove that you're self-taught in a practical manner. So having a portfolio. Those are the three different keys that you can use to get in the door, but you need one, one of the three. And they're not one-to-one comparable.
3: Yeah. They're not at all one-to-one yeah. comparable, yeah. but I think... More people are probably deciding between self-teaching and boot camps than people who are trying to decide between boot camp and CS degree. And there probably are people who are trying to decide between the two, but I would say that people who are like mid-career, it's going to be really hard to take four years to go do CS.
2: Well, it depends because they have a lot of online computer science programs now that are decently affordable, on par with boot camps. Kind of depending on which program you choose, like. You can. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily agree with that today. Like a few years ago, absolutely. Um. But I I do think that the market has been changing because they realize that boot camps are an actual threat to their programs and they need to maybe switch more virtually.
0: I've only had some experience like researching when it comes to computer science degrees. I I'm just going to shout them out right now. Georgia Tech, I'm really loving like how diverse their like master's degrees are when it comes to computer science. I've actually I've been considering whether or not I want to apply to their programs because they have, I believe, a partnership with Udacity, an actual boot camp a curriculum to tell and have people have that experience to learn, like, online as well as in person. So,
2: shout out to them. That's shout they out are for known week. for being one of the best. I also want to shout out Coursera. Absolutely. I took Coursera courses for um, just, like, random courses, but they would do, like, uh, you, you could take them for free But you could pay if you wanted a certificate. They also do online master's and bachelor's degree programs. And again, you can take, I think, Georgia Tech through this, potentially. Like, they have, like, legitimate, like, University of London, University of Texas. You can apply through Coursera, and it's much more affordable. Like, we're talking, like, I think... The Georgia Tech master's degree you were looking at was $6,000 for the entire program. Yes, it was. So, yes, it was. Um, we'll link these in the show notes for you if you're interested. But my, I guess my biggest point is like, Allie, I would tend to agree with you like a couple of years ago, but I think now we're seeing a shift. It's still early. We're still we're seeing a shift in the types of computer science degrees that are being offered.
3: Yeah. I'm just saying more from my previous students. They were more considering... The self teaching option in comparison with boot camps. But the other thing that I want to note is to be really careful about teaching styles as well as that some of these things that we're talking about are not live online instruction. So things like Udemy or Coursera, they tend to be recorded instructors that you teach, that you learn on like a self paced basis. It's not that you're learning live in a classroom with an instructor or even live online, which is when you're learning in a Zoom room or some sort of video platform with an instructor teaching to your individual class live. Uh, So that's just something also to note when you're doing research is that there are even boot camps who market themselves who are in turn those video courses that are bulkier. So really important to look into that when you are looking. And that could be a benefit for people, right? Because you can pause, you can rewind, you can read the stuff, you can play on two times if you like to learn really fast or whatever. So it could be a benefit, but it is something to really think about is that you're not going to have somebody live to ask questions to or to tell, to like be like, you need to teach that again. I don't understand it. It's just important to look into that when you are um,
2: looking. I like that style, but only if there's also the option for office hours or additional help.
0: Yeah, or like a sl- yeah, Slack channel or something. Yeah, that that helps a
2: lot. Sydney, do you want to talk about initial setbacks and how to handle those?
0: Yeah, so, okay, I got this awesome question on Twitter about uh, what exactly was going on when it came to my initial setbacks with boot camps and how I was able to kind of pivot to start kind of like moving along with the course. I think that you, Emma, had a really good point about making sure that in those like small increments, you are context switching and trying to find the different combinations to help you learn as best as possible. I'm a person that always believes that a mindset shift is incredibly important to do anything that you want to do. And so I had to make sure that I gave myself that talking to about like, I am going to do this. I am going to figure out how to finish this boot camp, And I did. The Reason that I was able to do that was because I was able to find my learning combination style where I use videos. If I needed to go to office hours, I could. I'm always on Stack Overflow looking at something. And personally, I like making projects. Like, let's say that I'm looking at a tutorial or something, I will make that. Project, and then I will make a separate one to help me like dig in and have those concepts like set in even more. And being able to talk to somebody, having that support from somebody, either that's a mentor or a teacher or a friend or something, that was super important for me as well. So making sure that you have that consistent support to talk to, as well as making sure that even if it's 20 minutes a day, to like go online and look at the curriculum, look at your notes or something. That's better than like having like six hour chunk over a week. And it's just, it's less daunting. So that is my advice when it comes to initial setbacks.
2: Awesome. Yeah, thanks. That was awesome. Um, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think now let's let's pivot and let's talk about (laughs) how to actually find a bootcamp. We've touched on some of these things, but what are like the key areas that you should... Like, make sure that you research when you are looking for a program.
0: So, I really want to bring this home because I, the thing, the mistake that I made when it came to a coding bootcamp is that. I had did a little bit of experimentation with front-end development first when it came to uh, before investing in a bootcamp. And that is a mistake that I see a lot of people making. There are plenty of free resources out there to help you at least learn the basics of whatever you want to learn when it comes to coding. So do your research first. Figure out if you actually like having to code or if you even like front-end development or back-end development or whatever. I really see a bunch of people like getting into like a certain role. Maybe they understand the concepts, maybe they don't, and they feel stuck.
3: So doing that initial research, that is number one for me. That's a huge one. I also think just to list off a couple of things to look at would be costs, especially if you can get a scholarship for one or look into a bootcamp that specializes in making their program super affordable. Um, And then also looking at the languages, especially compared to your geography, what's in demand where you live and what do they teach. Also think about the instructional model. We've talked about this, but also think about the instructor independently. I think the best thing that you can possibly do is go onto that campus and meet the instructor or if they're doing like online info sessions or something like that meet with your individual instructor if possible, because they usually have almost full license over what they teach. Okay, I think we've covered a lot of this throughout the episode on what to look for in a bootcamp. Let's talk about some advice for after the bootcamp or for during the bootcamp. Sydney, you want to go first? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So you've completed the program, now what? Um, I feel like... If you have a bootcamp where they are helping with putting that experience on your resume, that's like the cherry on top. I really appreciate that because I get overwhelmed with what I need to put on my resume. I would find different samples online if that isn't the case on how you should be looking at putting a bootcamp experience on your resume and also making sure that you have a a portfolio, what, how many projects do you guys think you should put in your portfolio?
3: We have a whole episode on portfolios, yeah. I think, but I personally recommend three. We Three? Okay. Just because I think that they should be full-fledged projects that are really built out and more complete projects is better than having 30 half-complete projects on there. But again, I don't want to go too far off just because
2: mm-hmm.
3: we do have a whole episode on that.
2: Yeah. And um, just so you know, I'm going to link it in the show notes. I have created an entire LinkedIn course on how to create a technical resume. Not a shameless plug. It is it is not sh- wait. It is shameless. Yeah, I don't. Have it is shame. shameless. <laughs> um, I've gotten so many questions. It covers everything from the design, the layout, the content. What happens if you like l- like quit college and don't have any relevant experience? Um, I walk you through all of those things. So if you're interested, feel free to check that out. Um, but I think the last thing is um, make sure you understand that technical interviewing itself is a skill, and don't get discouraged. It, you know, it could take a while to find a job, especially given the current. Uh, situation with the pandemic um i know job finding right now is difficult but just be aware technical interviewing is a a skill Um, i'm actually working on another course right now about technical interview process specifically for front-end development Um, again we're linking it in the show notes and if you stay tuned to the end we may or may not be giving away a free copy of my book for you
0: awesome perfect i love it are there any ex
3: or what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say also go to as many networking events as you can while you are a bootcamp student. Try to get ahead on that whole process. Um, we've had a lot of career episodes, so we can link those. Those are all relevant. I would say, though, another piece of advice before starting out is just know that the job search is going to be difficult. It's not one of those things that's going to be you go through this boot camp and then magically you have a job at the end. It does work that way for some people, but that's definitely an outlier. Now, it's the industry has become more competitive and the market for junior engineers right now is pretty saturated. So just know that you will have to do things to stand out and it isn't a super quick, super easy process.
0: I am really excited about this episode. I hope that all of you had learned something. Are there any extra shout outs that we want to give today?
2: Yeah, I think Alice should go first. Yes, I agree. So
3: mine is for the best self-journal. It's this really cool um, planner that has really great questions built in. It has space for just taking notes and your schedule and all that. I'm really enjoying it. And it's something that I have been using so far in 2021. So that's what I would recommend this week. Nice. Emma, what about you?
2: Um, Mine is just a shout out to everyone who like, wished me well on Twitter for my mental health. Like I'm taking a break from the internet for a little bit and everyone was, everyone was so nice to me about it. So thank you. If you were one of those people. Uh, yeah, that's it. How about you Sydney? Yeah. So
0: I'm going to shameless brag about myself. Um, JJ Gat on Twitter had uh, recognized me as one of the 200 women, black women in tech to follow in 2020. So that was super cool. I was really excited about that. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much to everybody who was very supportive and congratulated me about
2: that. I just want to like shout out our podcast for having a co-host who is one of the most reputable Black women in tech. Like, we're gonna link Yay! this. We're we're gonna link this in the uh, the show notes, or potentially I'll just embed the image in the page because I'm
0: proud. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was my shameless plug.
0: I love it. Um, yeah. So that is our episode on boot camps. I am just grateful to be here, guys. If you liked this episode, make sure that you tweet about it. We will select one tweeter to win a copy of Emma's book, Decoding the Technical Interview Process. We have new podcast episodes every Monday, so make sure that you subscribe to us to be notified. Make sure that you leave a five-star review with us. That helps us build our brand. Make sure that you look at us on, what is it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just so you guys know, we have a YouTube channel we are going to start slowly but surely making sure that we upload all of our previous episodes as well as our current episodes on YouTube. So make sure that you check out our YouTube channel. That will be in the show notes. That's all that we have for you. This has been Sydney, Emma, and Allie. I hope you guys have a great day. We'll see you next week.